Hi everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the NLSL's podcast. Hope you're all well who's listening. I'm joined by Anthony and Ross. How are you both? Very tired, but ready to go for this game. I'm very tired. I had a big run today, so I'm, I'm, I'm very tired is a nice way of putting it. I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> spaghetti legs. Bit of spaghetti legs um, are Anthony. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all, all good, mate. Um, kind of thanks to Franco for filling in uh, for me on Monday night. Still uh, not 100% fit, but definitely wasn't going to miss this one. Uh, so yeah, it's good to be back on, and there's uh, plenty to get through. So, plenty is right, plenty is right, Anthony. But just to go to the comments already, Robert Davies in, Mark Nugent, Alex Mitchell, <coughs> Thomas, who's going to be a part of our future takeover next. He's in, Charles yep. Smith, Mark's back in, and Alistair Jack. Great to have you along this early on in the show. Thanks very much. But we're going to start with the the Super Six again, and there was a uh, games in midweek in the Premier League and stuff, so the table has updated. And on 53 points, Sean Ross is still leading the pack. He's taking it and he's running with it. He's getting ahead because he never stops like Celtic. Williams came in at second place with 49 points. And Francis has slipped to third and 47. So he's having a bit of a fall from grace. Alistair Jack makes up the fourth position and I come in at fifth. I'm sneaking up the, the leaderboard. I'll take out and get the further and further up early. I'm going to be up there in the end. Don't worry about that. But, I mean, I think the most appropriate place to start, Ross, I mean... Dingwall, to be honest, let's, let's go there because midweek game, <coughs> Ross, County, Ross County, notoriously difficult before in terms of a venue. Obviously, Ralston popped up with a 97-minute winner to basically send us on a way to the league title last season. We had to pull one out of the bag there just recently, two weeks ago, I think it was, Malky McKay said in his, his press conference. It's, it's notoriously a hard venue, but nine changes that was made to the starting 11 and it made me look easy, didn't it? Well, I, I, in a nutshell, I mean, that's has been twice there this season. Mm. And like you say, it's a notoriously hard ground to go to. You've alluded to the Ralston late goal. And I think if you look at that game, if you take that game and then the two games this season against them, I, I don't know, have Ross County improved? Have they weakened for last year? I'm not sure. But if, if you're looking at a, for a Celtic perspective, They've absolutely improved, and they're improving all the time. I think it's evident they we're, we're blowing teams off the park pretty much every game at the moment, <clears throat> domestically. And yeah. I, it was another sort of easy night at the office. You had the one wee scare, but it, it was a slight scare. You never ever felt that the, the the victory was in danger at that point. They hadn't really threatened. They had they'd got their goal during a wee sort of ten minute spell where Celtic had a lull. Mm-hmm allowed them back into it. It was a poor goal to lose, but again, they just stepped it up. And I mean, like you say, nine changes, nine changes, and you go to Ross County on a Wednesday night and beat them 4-1. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's rosy in the garden, like. What's the I, will, I don't like them terms rosy in the garden. Obviously, there could be a, a further hump <laughs> down the road, but for now, I'll take it. Oh, yeah, a bit of weed. <laughs> no, I do get what you're saying, 100%, but I mean, I think, Anthony, we've conceded two goals, and funny enough, by their centre-back at Ross County, he scored them against, I think, Yakovity or something. I mean, that's, that's an incredible stat. The only team to score against us is Ross County in the league. And before we get into the changes, and as Ross rightly said, the squad there, what did you think of the game? Because it is, albeit it's a, obviously Ross County, you're expecting a ham on them and stuff, but Dingwall, you're going up there and you're getting home the early hours of the morning, you know, unsettling for the new players, but they come in and handled it well. 
They absolutely did. And, you know, as Ross said, you know, nine changes, one for every goal scored the weekend before. Um, you know, we just <laughs> took the game to them right for the start. And um, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, the, we, the way that we, we always kind of look at football, when it comes to cup football, it's pretty much a case of it doesn't really matter what the performance is like or whatever. It's just all about having your name in the hat for the next round. But it's one of the many things that Ange's, you know, ripped up the rule book with uh, since he's came to Celtic because we went out there. It certainly wasn't a reserve side by any means. And I think that, you know, we'll come to the, the depth of the squad <coughs> later on, I'm sure. But that was what was so amazing to watch about it. Even though we made all these changes, even though we were at a ground, as Ross has alluded to, that, you know, historically we've always found a bit tricky. Um we went out there with we a side that you wouldn't say was, was full of the first starters and we <coughs> blew them away and we, we played them off the park. Um, you can't really ask for any any more than that. And um, I thought the boys who did come in, who haven't been featuring as much, um, did everything that they possibly could just to remind Ange that they're there and they'll always be ready if needed uh, to be called upon. And um, yeah, Really good night at the office and, uh, you know, we can park that tournament now uh, to the middle of October where hopefully we'll, we'll get through Motherwell and we would then progress on to, you know, what I call the Hamden phase of the tournament. But um, as starts going a League Cup <laughs> in terms of defending the trophy, it's all good. Yeah, 100%. Mate. And just to draw the, the fears' attention around with us so far, just a wee bit of silence at the moment, just to listen in the background. There's no beep. Told you got it fixed, didn't it? <laughs> the alarm's fixed. Fear's yeah. demanding it. It's done. It's dusted, Ross. But just to rhyme off this starting 11, I mean, Craig White Legends in a completely new defence, 100%. Mm-hmm. But started with Segrist, Ralston, Wells, Jens, Burnaby, Moy, McGregor, Turnbull, Mieta, Yakimakis, and Leo Lovada. <laughs> and you have to read that. I'm just trying to remember all the, the changes. But just the, 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 the squad depth and the one player I do want to talk about before I was thinking on the, the main guys the goal scorers and, and Cal McGregor people that got being Mr. Consistent again is Aaron Moy now I mean I thought he played really well and look at Anthony Aaron's up already Let, let's go here I thought, I thought he played really well he's made me eat a wee bit of a humble pie there in terms of what he can produce I still think level of opposition does tell let's be honest but he controlled the midfield he was getting stuck in he made some cracking <coughs> tackles as well sliding tackles he was passing the ball well, linking the ball well. What did you think of his performance? Because there's been a lot of people I've seen on the Twitter sphere, as we call it. He seems to be on the Armoy side of things at the minute. Aye. I mean, he's he's never going to, like I've said before, he's never going to be the, the, the most spectacular player in the team to watch. He's never going to do wonderful things. But he consistently does the simple things right. And and I sort of knew that. Uh, before he signed, that's why I was fairly happy that he was signing. I, I still don't know if he'll be like a first pick, like you've said there. You you look at the opposition. <laughs> I think it's a bit unfair to say that it's only Ross County because in terms of domestically, they've been up the 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 higher end of the table, if you like. Aaron Moy, I said at the start of the season, I think, I don't know if I said it in this, but definitely said it in the group chat, that he, for me, for, again, I don't know how many games he's got to play, I don't know if he's got a first choice, but for me, any time he does play, I think he'll dictate the pace of the game almost every game he plays. 
Al A. Wow, Al McGregor. Callum McGregor. Oh, God, no. <laughs> that was a terrible slip of the tongue. That was bad. Like, that's in the paper show. That's He's just been running 17 Nile Game, some uh, slack. <laughs> and um, 17 minutes left in the Celtic fans. Cheers him after that. <laughs> no, I was going to say, Cal McGregor obviously pushed up a bit. And he, he just done, he done a different job for Cal McGregor. But, he stood out in that game. For me, he was the man of the match. I don't know if Emdil will agree with that, but I, I thought, like I've said, he dictated the pace of the game. He barely gave the ball away. He's, he's just... He's, he's a, a bit similar in the terms of he's no fast. He's similar to CCV, where hmm. I know CCV's got a bit of pace, but you don't always see it because he just puts his cell in the right area of the park. He won his tackle. He won a lot of tackles that night. I, I thought it was an all-round really good performance. He's never going to be a guy that gets in the goals and gets double figures. But he, he, he might chip in, but I don't care if he chips in or not because when he does come in and he performs like that, the other people around about him are the guys that are going to chip in with the goals and he allows him to do that. He was, he was cool, calm and collected the whole night and he just he slotted into the team lovely. He did. I think as well, Anthony, it's testament to what Postacoglu is trying to do with the team. He's making the perfect blend between youth and experience and bringing in the older heads to kind of guide the younger players along, like Burnaby, like Welsh, all them types of guys who are coming up for the youth academy and, and joining from a different country as well, well, like Argentina. But, I mean, Craig White legend here comes off of a brilliant point. Why reminded me of Neil Lennon? Now, I heard a commentator say, I can't remember who was on the, the, set, the commentary of the game, but he said something along the lines of, he's not quick. But he gets there. He's all like he always gets in their faces at the right time. He's picking the ball up and he's never panicking. He was struggling off challenges. I was I was finding it funny watching at the points where their midfielders were trying to close him. He's just using his shoulders, getting past players and playing a simple ball. Were you impressed, Ben? Yeah, I was, and kind of similar to Ross. I've kind of really been impressed with him since he's came in because if you provided you're you're looking at him to just do what you. What Angie's asking him to do, and the type of player he is, like we say, he's not going to be, he's not going to be doing a Maradona for the halfway line and beating four guys and rounding the keeper. But it does what he needs to do well, and like as you say, holding off challenges, breaking up the play, doing the simple things right consistently, and like you say as well, bringing that experience into the dressing room as well. You know, he had a, a relatively decent time down in England. He's obviously been, you know, all you know, sort of China and stuff as well. So, and he'll have had a success with the national team under Ange as well. So he'll bring all that into the dressing room um, in the, the same way that in year one, guys like um, Joe Hart and, you know, to be fair, James McCarthy with all his experience for the Premier League, they might not be doing it every week out on the pitch, but the, the sort of experiences um, and advice that these guys can you know, pass on to the younger players, your Abadas and your, your Bernabes, for, for example, are, are priceless. And that's that's a hallmark of a top manager that can see that. He's seen it pretty much straight away and hit the ground running last season. And now he's basically got the squad that he wants. Um, I can only see the future being green. <laughs> I think it's quite <laughs> frightening as well. I mean, Mark Nugent comes in with a great point here. Like you're you're still missing like the likes of Edigucci coming in, McCarthy didn't get a look in, Forrest started on the bench. So the depth of that squad is is fantastic. And you come to it, 
Anthony, I'll come to yourself again here to kind of round off what you were saying. I was surprised that Cal McGregor started the game. Obviously, he's Pasta Cogley's man. He's the captain of the team. He's going to lead us from the front. And if you notice at that first goal, he made the run. He kind of gave the, the eyes the Turnbull. He darted in, finished it, albeit a scruffy finish. But that's the intelligence that the likes of McGregor has for me. And he's pivotal, <coughs> pivotal for that team. What did you think of him? Because me personally, fully might have been rested, but you can't really drop him, can you? Yeah, I think that's it. You know, if you're going to make so many changes, even though we have sort of said that the guys coming in, it wasn't exactly like it was a bunch of under 21s uh, being introduced. These guys are all first team um, ready players. But I still think if you're going to make all those changes, it still pays. It's a good, makes sense to keep your captain in there as well. Um, especially a captain in the kind of forum that he's in at the moment, Stephen. Um, and yeah, you're bang on. I thought he played very, very well. Took the goal well, got the sort of started the momentum going. And that we just kind of kept that on for the rest of the game, apart from that little spell when, you know, maybe we, when some of the substitutions were coming on, we kind of switched off for a little bit. But we, it was a thoroughly comprehensive performance. And, you know, we, Rolled into the next round, and uh, you're hoping that stays that stays the same uh, across all the other competitions. Yeah, I think as well, Carl McGregor, what he shows, Ross. I mean, the interviews you watch him in, he's always wanting to learn. A bit like Joe Hart, it's always learning process for these guys. They're not like set in their ways. They're not kind of ignorant of what Postecoglou saying. They're embracing it. I think as well, even when Ronnie Daly came in, Carl McGregor was one of the players who embraced that change, and he he got his reward by. <coughs> Ronnie gave him his chance in the first team, albeit then I think he played as a winger, but now he's our deep line playmaker, which is just funny to see. But, I mean, in terms of him, my personal opinion, he's the best midfielder in the country. And I heard, uh, I was watching one of them build-up shows to the, the Glasgow Derby, and it was actually, yeah, it was the open goal one with Kenny Miller and uh, Paul Slane, and Kenny Miller was like about Cal McGregor talking, like John Lindstrom, one of previews, the best midfielder in the country against McGregor. I'm going, Fuck off. McGregor's the best midfielder in the country. <laughs> Hands down. No competition. He's just an unbelievable captain for Celtic, isn't he? Aye, he's excellent. And on John Lundstrom, by the way, I think he's an excellent player. He's a dirty bastard and he gets away with it. But he's a he's a good player. And certainly in Europe, he's a good asset for Rangers. But Kyle McGregor, I have to say, this season, I don't think he's performed at the levels he did last season. But it's early. There's plenty of time, but it doesn't matter. He's in that team. His levels have dropped slightly, but they're still, like you say, levels that make him probably the best midfielder in Scotland. And he le- oh, yeah, nice, he's France. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Marty, get stuck right into him. Come on. Eh. <laughs> uh, aye, Monty's thrown me there. Eh. <laughs> uh, aye, Cal McGregor for me, as I say. He, but you, you're not dropping him because he's he, he leads that team. He leads that team brilliantly. That's what he's all about. You see, even his goal the other night, like you say, he's darted in early, allowed Turnbull to uh, play the quick corner. That's what we're all about. Cal McGregor sort of led that, if you like. Like you say, it was a scrappy finish, but he darted in there and had the intelligence, the, the speedy mind to know that there was space to go into Turnbull plays a good ball. We're up 1-0. And it's Cal McGregor that does it. He's a leader. Mm. Another, I have to say, and we've probably said it a million times, I never thought he could be the leader that he's turned out to be. But wow, he's he's absolutely tremendous. And I mean, to, to lead the way he does and have the qualities that he possesses, 
we've 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 brought that through our youth system. Yep. Different class. He is. I think as well. Like as you rightly said, there, when, when that whole discussion was happening about who would be leader, who would be captain, you're never really having. Well, obviously, you're thinking the obvious choice would be McGregor, but in the back of your mind, you're thinking he's not really focal. You don't see him pulling players around the pitch like where we used to with Bernie. But one thing he does do for me, he leads by example. He does his talking on the pitch, his, his qualities, his mindset. I mean, that goal against Ross County, it was a sticky spell for us. We were beating, a, beating against them and we weren't getting anywhere. The corner kick happened. He looked at Turnbull, made that dart and run. And it was all oh, a scrappy finish. But again, it's the, the intelligence is a play for me. And you need guys like that to show the other players how to do it. The likes of Burnaby coming through, coming in to get his first start as well. But he played well, by the way. But people were slating him on Twitter. I know he did a few misplaced passes, but give the guy a chance. I like he's going to come right. But... We'll move on to Yakimaka Symphony. Scored a goal, another good goal. <laughs> got injured and then battled through it after a few wee flips and falls. Like, but he got up and got on with himself. I think his goal was fantastic. The way he took it, great play leading up to the goal. I think it was Burnaby played at the McGregor. He put in the Yakimaka, so we check and bang in the bottom left corner. It was fantastic. Do you think we say Tanzan here? Do you think he's made his case for the, the Derby game to start? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, took his goal. Absolutely brilliantly and always puts himself about. You know, I think um I think he's a terrific player. I really do. I, I think um he's more than stated his case for, for starting um all season long, really. Anytime he's came I think mm. every time he's been off the bench he's scored, hasn't he? So he's yeah. he's let the gaffer know since the, the from the beginning of the season that he's you know he's there and he's can be re- relied upon. Um and I do actually think that the 3-0 game back in February, although he didn't get on the score sheet, and Hatati obviously got the two and he got all the plaudits that night, Yakimakis was actually my man of the match that night. He'd done mm-hmm. everything bar score. He held the ball up. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he bullied the Rangers' defence. You know, little layoffs for you know the likes of Abada um, to, to come on to. He had an absolutely terrific game that night. So I've got no doubt that where he start, that he would, he would do the business tomorrow. Um I have to say, though, just the fact that it's at home and in the forum that Kyogo's in, yeah. I, I really can't see Kyogo being on the bench tomorrow. But listen, nothing would surprise <laughs> me with this ridiculously good manager of ours. Um, and whatever he decides, I'm fairly behind. See, you made a great point, right, in terms of the last, the 3 0 game when we absolutely smashed him in the first half. And I think it's right to say, Ross, he bullied Goldson and um, there was a Hollander playing with him. I can't, can't quite remember, but he bullied their centre-halves and he made it look easy. He held the ball <laughs> and he put brought players into play. And one thing I've noticed like throughout this season even is link-up play is getting better. He's taking the ball in. He's spraying balls about. Even the midfielder he is dropping in. So he's definitely learning to come back and link play and get into the box like he's used to, obviously, and then one-touch finishes. But I think as well, it's interesting. I see a lot of debate about it. Like for Yakimakis for the physical side of things, Kyogo to come in, obviously finish it off with his speed and his, his movement and awareness. What do you think <laughs> where it's going to go? Um, I think this is correct, by the way. Phil McGinley. Spot on, 100% Phil. 100% agree with that. 100%, 100%. agree with that. You, you need to be at your absolute best in every Rangers Celtic game. You need to bring it. doesn't matter if Rangers are shite or Rangers are good. It's Celtic Rangers. You need to bring it. Sometimes you don't, have and that's when you come and start. Right, well, I mean, I, I agree with Jed, but then at the same time, you look at what Kyogo's done, he's he's started every game, he's done the business, he's 
I think he's been the first goal scorer in the last four games he started. He can't do any more. He's he's absolutely phenomenal player. We're blessed to have the two. Going back to what you said in in terms of the three 0 game, that was the last time we pr- properly played Rangers completely off the park. For me, just because he occupied Goldson all night that night, and if if they play, see, I was going to say if they play Sahans alongside Goldson, and we play Jack and Marcus, he'll absolutely bully them. But if yep. we play Sands, if they play Sands and Goldson, and we play Kyogo, he will absolutely run them ragged. There's there's no right and wrong. Like before the game, for me, there's there's no right or wrong choice because each bring different attributes, different things to the team. It all depends what way Ange wants to play on the day. That's what it will come down to. I'm glad it's him that's making the decision and not me. But like Anthony says, whatever decision he makes, it doesn't matter because Giacomacus came in on uh, Wednesday night, done the job, done the business, got his goal. The game before that, Kyogo played, done the job, done the business, got his goal. It doesn't matter who, who we play, they're going to do their job. Every single player on the team is going to do their job. Aaron Moy came in, out, I was going to say out of the cold, no, no, no so much out of the cold because he had there's a, a lot of substitution appearances, but he'd done the business. Mm-hmm. James Forrest came on out the cold, got his goal. Everybody, it doesn't matter. Like James Forrest has hardly got to play. He knows that. Ange Postacoglu alluded to it during the week in an interview, but he's still coming on and trying his absolute best for the team because once again, it goes back to it. It's the collective they're like a family. It's it's a tremendous, tremendous spirit he's built in that dressing room, looking for the outside in. And we're just in a, a an amazing place, an amazing moment. <sighs> I'm loath to say I can't see anything else bar a Celtic win, because if they don't turn up, which they very well could, then it could go the other way. But if Celtic turn up, as they have for pretty much every game this season, then Rangers will have a very, very difficult day and we'll be oh. very, very, very hard to stop. Or will so, we see something there? Go ahead, so just, you know, I'm just going, I'll be very, very quick. Just, it's interesting to think that if ne- neither Yakimakis nor Kyogo have actually scored against Rangers yet, so it'll be interesting, right. you know, whoever <laughs> right. scores, uh, it'll, they'll be breaking their duck against, uh, against them. So uh, you never know, maybe they'll both get on the score sheet. Wouldn't that be nice? That's some stat, by the way. I never even... He's a stat, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's... Right. <laughs> it's, it's interesting as well. I mean, if you think about when Dan Foster Cumbie started his first pre-season game, Ayari was captain. <laughs> it, shows you, it shows you how far the established teams came. And I mean, you look at it as well, like you rightly said, Kyogo and Yakimakis may not have scored, but the difference they make on the pitch, they can bring others into play. They, they have different movements, have different styles, and people in the comments here, it, it's interesting watching the debate going on. I mean, Jay Thomas, he's a sticker here for Yakimaka starting, and I tend to agree in a, a certain extent because you can agree with both. Let's be honest. I mean, you, the like, perfect word you have Kyogo cutting in for the left, Yakimaka and Jada, but you know you're going to have Meta or um, Abada starting in that game as well. But it's just a fantastic debate. I'll come to you as quick fire. Kyogo or Yakimaka, Anthony, who are you starting? Kyogo. Ross. Purely because he's picked him 
Honest, I, I, I'm going to go Kyogo. Yeah, I think I'll go Kyogo as well. But imagine, like as you said, like as Yagamaki comes off that bench and they're busted, wrecked after yeah. looking after the wee man, and he's just muscles bang getting stuck in. One touch finishes. We had drink the more for him. You never know. You never know. But he'll, he'll come on and throw gold to a bit on empty tracks. It. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Monty agrees here that Kyogo to run them ragged, hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? It's Jack Kyogo as well. There's a lot of love there, and both strikers will have. It's great to see that they're both fit, they're both firing, they're both scoring. We've got rid of some dead, which which we're going to come on to in the transfer sort of part of the, the podcast. But they kind of round it off. Anthony, come to yourself. Ross mentioned them. <clears throat> James Forrest comes on, he gets his goal. Mr. Celtic, to be honest, and he has a book about it as well, if you want to buy that. But absolute legend for the club. And I think it's humble of him as well to know he's not going to feature much, but he's going to be important, like Anne said, behind the scenes, to make, make these guys bet in. Like the, the Jada, for example, learning off him, Abada learning his techniques. There's there's so much to, to gain from a fellow like James Forrest. And to see him score, I know I said he's not going to feature much in the team. And I hundred percent agree. I'm I'm sticking to that. I'm not moving. But it's 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 great to see that he can still come on and provide a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And it's games like this. You know, he was the he was the match winner at Hamden in this tournament last season. And that was just those those are the kind of moments that you think you'll always be able to rely upon him for. Even and you know this. You know, you still forget he's still only was it 30, 31. But just mm. with the, the how quickly this team's evolving, you would say that he is perhaps. You know. Twilight is maybe a little bit extreme, but he's certainly in the, the latter stages of his career. But, you know, by the same token, we did give him a four-year deal, so Ange certainly seems to see that there's a place for him. And uh, I definitely hope, even Kaiser, uh, I definitely hope that, um, you know, I think he's he's so close now to both 100 goals and 100 assists, mm-hmm. which I think only, if I'm sure if I remember somewhere this week, that's only Jimmy and, and Henrik that are, in that company, in that specific yep. club at Celtic. So that's not bad company to be in. And, um, you know, the medal counts just keep getting up and up for him as well. Um, I adore him. He's an absolute credit to himself and, you know, the youth set up at Celtic. And, um, yeah, I hope he's still here for a few years yet, showing it and, you know, dazzling us on the touchline. Although, I mean, that stat always seems to change because every time he scores, it stays at 99 goals and 98 assists. <laughs> it's always the same. It's, it, it it's taking him longer hundred. to get 100 goals than it took us to get 1,000 subs. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Take a bow for that one. But Ross, I mean, it, it does, his importance to the team, like in the background of things, and you never know, he could be a coach. He could be getting into like the whole coaching roles and Anne's teaching him and stuff. And, we're expected from Jamesy to be a coach maybe because again you're thinking he's not focal but I'm pretty sure his head switched on he knows what he's talking about he's great to have around he'll be there for four more years I don't see him leaving I think he'll he'll see out his days as Celtic and come up, he comes on and scores and again it does epitomises him doesn't it? Aye I, I, I'm going to say he's happy being a bit part player but I think he realises the guys, the, the young guys. Aye, aye. I think it's, there's an acceptance there now. He realises the options that Ange has. I think Ange will have absolutely had a conversation with him that has quite clearly went well. For James Forrest will know his, his role in that squad. And I think, as you say, he, he's happy. He, he's going to see out his final days at Celtic and he'll come in like he did the other night and contribute. 
and take the pressure, ease mm-hmm. the pressure off the guys that are doing it week in, week out. And in terms of the, the, like being there as an experienced voice in the dressing room, I it's 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 a perfect situation for the club, for us as fans, and the players and the team and the staff. I think he's he's a great asset still to have yeah. at the club, and he's an absolute legend, a total legend. I think- Alistair Jack here, well, kind of alluding to what you were saying, Alfie, in terms of stats as well. He scored in 13 full seasons at Celtic Football Club. That's, that's absolutely incredible. And can I just say, as well, the people who are watching on, we're half an hour in. I just want to say cheers. It's Derby weekend. And again, we're sitting over 57 live, which is fantastic. And I can just thank everyone who's watching along and the support. And just to point to the membership option as well, 99p a month, you get the emojis. It's a bit of a laugh. John's credit. It's great fun. Kaiser's in, Danny Boy's in, the already member. So it's just uh, great to see everyone getting involved. And also, the viewer takeover. If you haven't seen it, Kaiser, who's in the comments, was on with us last week. <coughs> and it was fantastic. The fella had different backgrounds. He was talking from a toilet. It was a great crack. It was fun. If you're interested in that, let us know on our social media channels, whether it's us individually on the podcast group, you find us on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, Facebook as well. So get involved with that. It's great fun. And Jed Thomas is going to be on next as well. But before we move on, Monty wants to know what am I wearing tonight? I'm just wearing a wee t shirt, Monty. I don't need to be sitting here in all the gear, big man. Leave me alone. <laughs> he's, keeping his nice, uh, he's keeping his Celtic top all fresh for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you look, you we'll do look like you're getting ready to go for, you know, you, you've just been sitting by the pool all day. You know, that, that's well, one of the <laughs> by the pool numbers. I do Leave have a wee hat at the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh no then I think this is John on our podcast channel he's stolen off these old curtains <laughs> you know, that's very true oh there's plenty of fabric there son but in terms of obviously the, the squad death for us and we'll, we'll kind of finish off with me out of here there's a lot of chat about is he going to start and it kind of starts about it comes on for that game against Dundee United albeit they're absolutely woof at the minute, but funny enough, won a game when Jack Ross was sacked, which is just incredible in the in the cup there. But in terms of that debate, I mean, Abada got a hat trick, made his class for his press and his closing down, also got his goal against Ross County. It's a it's a hard one to kind of do you know what I mean? Kind of figure out for me, and me especially because you take both. But who would you have if it was one? Again, both have got. If Abada turns up like he. He wasn't as good on Wednesday night as he was at Tannadice. But if he turns up like he was at Tannadice, then you have him in the team. But he he's more direct. He can take a guy on. He'll get you a goal. He goes in at that back post all the time. I was calling him Patrick Swayze on Sunday. <laughs> came in at the back post, goes none that much. But it, it, it can, he can do that. He can bring that to the team. And certainly he's... Oh, that's my mate, Stevie. <laughs> Evening, Stevie. Cheers, Stevie. Um, aye, so aye, he, he can get you a goal and stuff, but then you look at Maeda and you're like, his work rate is unbelievable. And if, Ranger, if Rangers play, going back to Abada, if Rangers play Barisic, I think, eh, a bad I can expose him, but then you look at Maeda again. His work rate and 
he can he can stop the threat, uh, James Tavernier, and however you want to say he is a threat. He's a very good player. He's certainly a threat for the penalty spot. We know that. Apparently, but, maybe apparently, um, maybe Carney we a we injury. There's wee rumours going around, so we don't know where that's Tav- at the minute. Like, I, I get what, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, John is obviously argued for a badder. Uh, again, it's like the Gigi and uh, Kyogo one. For me, again, both players are going to bring great attributes to the team and whatever one Ange decides to go with, I'll be happy with. Personally, myself, for that game, I would probably just lean towards towards Maeda, purely for his work rate. I think Ange mm. prefers him. And I think that Abada could be more dangerous coming on later in the game with a tired defence running at them rather than bringing Maeda on to, to press and stuff when he wouldn't need to press as much as what he would earlier in the game when the Rangers team are less tired. That's the only reason I would probably lean towards him. Yeah, Again, it comes back to the, the, the squad depth and Paul McFarlane made a little play to deal with having there and the tracking back defensively. Again, Paul, great to have you on, by the way, and listening. 100%, I, I agree with what you're saying. It comes back to, Anthony, you, you look at the squad they have, and there was a point last year in the season where we started with Montgomery on the left, Juranovic on the right, and a batter through the middle. And now you're debating whether you're going to be dropping Meta for a batter or vice versa, Kyogo for Yakimakis, Jada for Haxabanovic, for example, who came on and had a very good cameo, by the way, but he was quite exciting when he came onto the pitch. But you're looking at it, made is great for the pressing, probably because Rangers would know, like the player from the back, so it could be vital on that front in terms of keep, keeping the constant pressure on them, their goalkeeper, and their back two. If it's Goldson, Goldson and Sands, even better, because Sands, for me, is a bit suspect. But wh- where would you go for it in, in terms of the whole Abada, Meda? Yeah, I mean, don't be me wrong. Abada <laughs> has more than staked a claim for his place. He was absolutely magnificent um, the last two games. Tanadice especially, um, as Ross says, I mean, that pass for the goal was absolutely exquisite. It really was. Um, but it's just the, it's the nature of this uh, Ange-created side that there's there's certain fixtures for me that require certain types of individual um, players. <laughs> and for the reasons outlined by you guys, that would be why Maeda will get my vote on the left-hand side because it's all about negating one of Rangers' biggest threats, like we say, no matter what we think of him, and yeah, okay, you know, but the press always for, seem to forget to print the last three initials E's name. Um, but Tavernier Penn is absolutely a, a real threat for Rangers. And um, having someone like Maeda that will press him and try try as best as he can to keep him as far back from advancing as he possibly can, I think that could be a real asset going into the game tomorrow. So it's it's very harsh, but that's just life at this at this club right now. Um, and like you say, Abada could be very much, or Haksabanovic, who I agree looked fantastic when he came on on Wednesday. They could be the, the threats for later on in the game. But I have to say, I would be quite surprised if Maeda didn't start tomorrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think as well, Phil McGinley came in previously there. I don't know if you've seen the comment. <laughs> but he said Rangers played Ryan Jack as centre back in the previous game. He's wondering if it's to get him up to speed for that. That would be really interesting, really interesting if that happened. And Jed Thomas Madden. comes in, 
The fans have a massive part to play tomorrow. Let's make it intimidating from the start to finish. A hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. And John wants Haxabanovich to start after seeing the cameo of him for John's a winger slot. To be to be fair, like I do understand what he's saying because that cameo was exciting. I mean, he took the ball in tight spaces. He he was linking the play and he had a shot as well. And he, he he has something about him. He really does. There, there's just something that catches my eye when they come onto that pitch. I don't know if it was his bright yellow boots or the knee high socks, but he was absolutely fantastic as a footballer. And come on, great signing. And we'll kind of tail off into Anthony's favorite subject because he's buzzing to talk about it tonight, and that's the transfer activity. At Celtic Football Club, they kind of round it up. We've left it behind. We know what the squad's going to be. We're settled. We're moving on. We're going forward. We'll never stop. We'll, others go through their rivals at the moment. Jada, of course, come in permanently. Carter Vickers come in permanently as well from their loans last season. Bernabe, Haxabanovic, Dyson Mieta, Oliver Al- Albigard. I'm uh, hopefully getting that right. A late, a late deadline, the deadline day signing. From Ruben Kazan, who's becoming our feeder club at the minute. I mean, we've signed a, I've heard a hell of a lot from them. Aaron Moy, Segrist, Yance, and then you, you look at the departures, which it gets interesting. Liam Scales is left on loan. Sorrow's away. Urgidi's back out. Montgomery's away. Connor Hazard, Luke Shaw, John Joe Kenny, Julian's gone. Beaton, Ayati, Bolongoli. All these deadwood players have left the club, Anthony. And, and Postacolu dumbly said, Business was done. He kept looking. He was active and he kept his word. Celtic signed a player on deadline day who looks an absolute baller, by the way, from the YouTube clips. But he looks strong. He looks athletic. He can he can stop the play. And maybe, just maybe, he's the final piece to the, the jigsaw for us. What, what it, Overall, what do you think of the window? Uh, the window from start to finish was absolutely tremendous, um, Stephen. Now, it, it doesn't seem that long ago where... Um, our rivals uh, were, were trying to suggest that we hadn't really strengthened because all we'd done was have uh, big outlays on players that were already there. Um, how they should be eating their words now um, when you look at some of the players that have came in. Um, I think, again, going back to the old rule book, you know, we, we always say that you want um, two play- a minimum of two players for every position. You're looking at some of the, especially the wide areas now at Celtic, you're looking at three and four. You know, there's so many options that can, you know, can, can sort of alternate into different areas and um, and you still don't have that drop-off in quality. For me, the biggest sort of strength that this team's got now is the collective. It's the entire unit itself, which differs slightly from possibly, um, you know, I would say that Martin O'Neill's, you look at Martin O'Neill's Celtic side, and its biggest asset was the, the starting 11, you know, the, the guys that he, he, he stalwarts that he trusted week in, week out, and they were fantastic players, you know, it was easy to see why he was their trusted 11 because they more or less always delivered but, you know, if there was an injury to say, you know, Stylian Petrov he would be replaced by, you know, a David Fernandez type player, so there was <laughs> If, he, if that starting 11 wasn't there, there was an immediate drop-off in quality. Yeah. If, you know, if um, Didi Agat wasn't available, we replaced him with, you know, Jamie Smith for the youth system. So even, you know, as much as I rated Sean Maloney, and he certainly came to the fore under Gordon Stratton. But when, um, you know, if Henrik, you know, to be fair, any team in the world would miss a player like Henrik. But if one of the top three strikers went out, he would be, you know, replaced with, with Maloney who was still coming through. So there was that drop-off again. 
you can't say that about this Celtic season. You know, you're, you're struggling to see, you know, in inverted commas, a weak link. It's it's the most frighteningly assembled Celtic squad I think I've ever I can ever remember. I can't remember a team that it doesn't matter if one or two fall out. There's the equal um, replacements um, there to come in, and I have to say, you know, I'm. I appreciate I'm always one of the big kind of outspoken ones sometimes with, you know, a hierarchy, but everyone deserves absolute credit for backing the manager um, to the to the tilt in this um, in this window. They've absolutely pushed the boat out. They've, they've backed Ange, but I think to be fair, they've obviously backed him on the, the basis of he's already got them the Champions League money. So he, and he's delivered with his year one signings. He's already shown that he's got an eye for a player. So there's trust there, and you know I think I said it pretty much from the beginning when I was on when we started this podcast. The problem is if 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 you have a happy board and a happy if you have a good those two have a good relationship, more often than not you end up having a winning product on the park, which keeps the fans happy. It's when you have that discontent between the first two that generally everything kind of falls out of, out of sync. But um, you know when you look at these guys that have came in, it's. It's really frightening just how, how we've got depth and of the likes of which I've not seen before. We're more than capable of fighting on four fronts. And you do make the great point as well, Stephen, about the guys that have went out, obviously. Julian, the minute Jens came in, his days were numbered. A Yeti we've seen for a while that he's not going to be, um, he wasn't going to be part of Angie's plans. And... Um, you know, again, off off he went, and um, I would say the striking position is probably the only area we haven't strengthened in. But as I sort of said last week or the week before when I was on, I think maybe Andrew's looked at it and maybe sees um, he sees Maeda as that sort of de facto third option up front because he's done it before at the likes of Livingston and it's been very effectful. And if you sometimes he might not see the point in buying another striker knowing more or less that he's going to be behind Kyogo and um, <laughs> Yakimakis in the pecking order anyway. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of chat on the, all the social medias this week about is it the best window we've ever had? And, you know, a few other uh, rivals have had a wee joke and said, you know, you said this two years ago when you signed Laxa, oh, he was the final oh, piece in the jigsaw <laughs> and we were going to steamroll our way to 10. Mm. And we know how that turned out. But, you know, I think times are different this time. That was the the wrong chief executive that hired the wrong manager and gave him, the, who was signing the wrong players um, for the wrong sums of money. And um, But all of those ghosts have been exercised. <laughs> all of those big flops are out the door now. And this is very much Angie's team. And um, yeah, I just can't wait to see how, how this, uh, this current group of players um, perform for the rest of the season. It's been it's it's been absolutely incredible, Anthony. And your points are I echo them as well. And I just want to and want to name three people. We'll start with the linchpin, Pasta Cogley. We'll start with the the new head of recruitment, Mark Lawwell, who actually knows what he's looking for and what Pasta Cogley wants, which is vital. And then Michael Nicholson. Yes, we've all had a piss and a moan about their links, and that will continue to, to happen. And I fully support it. By the way, if the board are doing shit, we call it out. We always do because we've been left to contempt so many times. But since they've come in, as a collective free, Ross, they've delivered on what they've said. They've got rid of the deadwood. They've brought in quality. You can, I mean, the centre of halves, for example, Jens came from the French League, from Lorient, you know what I mean? We've got Burnaby, who was nearly the Argentinian 
getting into the Argentine national team coming from Lanús over over from Argentina. You've got Yada coming in permanent. You've got Fickers coming in permanent. You've got Seagrass telling in heart. It's just an incredible place to be at the moment for us because for years and years, Anthony nailed it. We were signing players for the sake of it. We were signing names to sell shirts. We were signing people who kind of give you a false sense of security, like Shane Duffy, who proved to be crap for Celtic for obvious reasons, different systems and all that, fair enough. Then you go all the way back to the likes of Freddie Lundberg again to sell shirts and merchandise. Crap with the old sprinkle of quality when John Park was there, when he was the uh, the, the assistant in terms of the head of recruitment. But now <coughs> we're, we're settled. Postacoglu has a remit. He's got the players. He's went fishing for them. They've come into Celtic Football Club. And again, a point to it again. A Yeti out the door. Julian's out the door. Big wages have gone. And that's testament to him because he stuck to his word and we're going to find these guys a club whether it takes the first day to the last, and he done it. Aye, I mean, I don't know what your question is, but I'll sort of elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conversation. It's flowing. Oh, it's flowing. Right. Sorry, kid. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, in, in terms of the three guys you've mentioned, Nicholson, Loyal, and Postacoglu, they've, they've worked amazing as a team, certainly in this window. I think for years now, and I don't know if it's because, obviously, in this, this summer, we knew we were going to be, we were in the Champions League, but for years now, Celtic have been a reactive club in terms of transfers. Mm-hmm. They've, they wait too long. They they bring in like young guys or guys for the future. There's nobody being brought in in this window and other windows that are for the future. They're, they're guys that are Going to improve the, the starting level. 25, the 26, squad. 27. Aye, and they're they're prime, all in yeah. the, the prime of their, their careers. And for me now, in the last year, I don't think you can accuse Celtic one bit of being a reactive club. I think they've been more than proactive, and they will be proactive for as long as Ange Postacoglu is here. And it's absolutely brilliant. The, 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 the players, I mean, okay, the players have brought in, you don't know a lot about. Like I think it was Anthony alluded to it there. Like we we said that we had an amazing window when these guys were brought in in the season for the ten. It looked on the face of it, but when they guys came in, and we were saying that I don't think at the time Celtic were playing anywhere near as good as as what we are now. And I think that last season. Towards the end, and then getting into this season, we've just carried on. We've been absolutely brilliant, like tremendous to watch. And we've added to what we already had. And if you go with what Angie's brought in so far, then you can only think that the guys that he's bringing in, and on the little bits of evidence that we've seen of them, that they're going to be great players as well. And it's, it's just been an absolutely brilliant window. And it was just sealed last night. I I think we said, like, we need a a central defensive midfielder. Ange kept his cards close to his chest, said he probably didn't want that type of player. He's brought it in. That's Mm -hmm. what he's brought in. So he's addressed that. He's addressed pretty much every position that us on this podcast and the fan base and the fan base have. Incredible. Aye, it's mentally. Um, aye, he's addressed the positions that us on the podcast and the Celtic fan base have wanted addressed. And Anthony alluded there about um, 
not bringing in another striker because he felt Maeda could do that job. Fully agree with that. But it's been reported that Haksabanovic can be deployed as that sort of central role mm-hmm. as well. So that gives you another option. And Angie's been saying for weeks that if we can get business done, we'll do it. But if they can play a number or a couple of positions, then that's what we want. And it's now coming to the fore that the reason he wanted to do that <laughs> is because he doesn't feel <laughs> he doesn't feel that um, like Anthony said, it, what's the point in bringing in an R striker that knows he's going to be third choice when you can bring in somebody that's going to be for the most part a winger but if at any point like it happened last season we're going to be without, without the two main guys then you can bring in Haksabanovic into there or you can bring Maeda into there we're in a like I've already said we're in a great place and it's it's just brilliant to be a Celtic fan right now I think as well like the, the net spend I, I forget the figure off the top of my head but it's incredible like in terms of what he's brought in and what he's actually spent in terms of transfers kind of weighs itself out from the whole kind of money brought in obviously Christopher Iyer Edward people like that leaving the club and then you're losing all their wages. I just think it's testament, Anthony, to kind of round it off, that Postacoglu, and Bross made a great point, he's bringing in players that you would think before if Celtic were linked to them, like, why would like to, for example, Matt O'Reilly at League One? Why would like to Hatate who plays in Japanese League? Why why would like to Burnaby who plays in Argentina, not used to the whole UK style of football, the hustle and bustle? But he's sticking to his plan, he's sticking to his style, his, his ethos of management. He's bringing these players in and just at the moment, I mean, Haksabanovic as well. You said main guys, Ross. Haksabanovic could re- so rightly be a main guy in two to three weeks when he when he starts mm-hmm. coming on. He, he could be replacing some of the players in the starting eleven. You can just you can physically look at the team that played against Ross County and be like, I'd be comfortable with that for the league anyway. Like, wouldn't you? It's, it's just a good play. It's great. Well, I mean, you take it. We're playing Rangers on Saturday night tomorrow. We could play Maeda. We could play the, the, the starting 11 that we've generally went with, right? Or we could play Haksabanovic, right? Whatever he prefers. But Haksabanovic, it's difficult to say if he's going to, on the face of what he, he showed on Wednesday night, he could he could be a baller. We don't know. But let's say he is going to be, right, for, for conversation. He could play on Saturday, do the job, right? And then we're playing Real Madrid on Tuesday night, I think. You could bring yeah. Maeda in, you could bring Abada in, and the team is elevated or the team is uh, every bit as good. But you're using the squad, and you're using the squad and no, no losing anything. That, that's the mm-hmm. hope, that's the aim, that's Angie's aim. Time will tell if that, if Haksabanovic is going to be a great player, but he came on the other night and he he, he, was, he just looked so calm, he was absolutely nonchalant. But uh, aye, it's, it's, <laughs> like what a word, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> <a word. laughs> but he, he just came on. He didn't look phased at all. So, aye, yeah, it's, I agree. it's a good place. I think, I think as well, Anthony. I mean, <laughs> you, you look at it, and as Ross said before as well, like these players can cover a multitude of positions. You can play them across the front. Jada has the skills. Meta has the pressing. Kyogo has a smart movement. Haksabanovic could be that inverted commas, Paddy McCourt type player. He's just kind of not so long. I'll take it. Probably not, probably not saying as good as you. But killing me, boys. No so long. But that type of flower player, Anthony, and I think you nailed it, and I'll let you round it off here. And also, mm. if you don't mind, I mean, we did our Champions League reaction show. You're only on it for a brief minute or so. 
What do you think about the Champions League group and then the transfer window as a whole in terms of getting into it as well before we move on to the Derby game? Okay, doc. Uh, well, in, in terms of the, the window itself, you're bang on, Stephen. But these guys could very quickly establish themselves as, you know, the ones that we would want to have a, a start. And it's that just that level of trust that we have in Ange at the moment because he's delivered what he said he was going to do. And even though, yeah, we haven't heard the too many of these players before they came in, but you just have a sense that these boys have been researched. It's been it's been discussed. Can they fit into the team? Could they fit into the, Could they handle the, the sort of goldfish ball environment that Celtic operate in? All of this, you just trust that 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 kind of background check is going on these days now, um, which unfortunately maybe in years gone by um, we weren't overly confident was happening. But just one other point in the, the transfer window, we're talking about the guys that have come in. And, you know, there the are lots of players that have gone out. One of the other big things I've noticed as well, um, you know, two of our big players were linked with moves away in the summer. More or less via the internet, it has to be said, yeah. rather than actual, you know, concrete bids. But Juranovic and O'Reilly, for Juranovic especially, for the majority of the window, were subject to, you know, internet tittle-tattle. And you would only wouldn't be human if you know if you didn't hear you know Atletico Madrid are in for you or Leicester City are looking at making a bid to Manchester. Maybe not Leicester. And in, in years <laughs> gone by, in years <laughs> gone by in transfer windows, you would be sort of you know you're a bit apprehensive. Are we going to keep a hold of these guys? Are they going to be as focused you know once the window shuts if they end up staying, or are they going to be disruptive in the dressing room? Anything like that? And more or less the full time, you know, O'Reilly especially just said, I'm, you know, I'm fully committed to Celtic. I'm, you know, everything else will take care of itself, which just gave, there's a sense of calm about Celtic at the minute, but whether it be for signing players or are we going to get these guys out the door or are we going to be able to hold on to these guys? Throughout the whole summer, things just got done without much razzmatazz. There wasn't a, you know, big, you know, back page exclusive such and such will sign for Celtic today. They had to report on the signing already happening because we do everything. We play all our cards close to our chest. And Adam, and that is a... I'm trying to think of the analogy. You know when you were, you were younger and um, you know you were maybe playing up in the house and your, your dad went mental at you? You know, you kind of would... After a while, it would maybe lose its effect. But you know when he would go that dead quiet way and you knew you'd maybe disappointed him? It made you feel 10 times worse. I think all our rivals should be feeling that way now because there's no, there's no um, kind of roller coaster of emotions at Celtic. It's just yeah. a quiet, quiet confidence built on what we've already achieved. We can back up what we do and what we say. And um, if the way we're going to now, you know, that quiet determination, I think, should make a lot of our um, rivals very, very afraid. In terms oh, yeah. of. Uh, the Champions League itself, I mean, that's it's just box office, Stephen. I mean, I was like, you guys, I've, I've re-watched the, the, the moment that Wally caught um, about four or five times now. He's all just absolutely buzzing when uh, we, we got pulled out of Group F. I, I'm absolutely, absolutely delighted with it. Real Madrid are the club that, you know, we've never played them in the Champions League era. Last time we played them competitively was, God, 1980. So, you know, you know, my big brother wasn't even born then. And, uh, I'm just, I cannot wait for Tuesday night. It's, um, you know, I'll be eating beans on toast for the rest of the month, but it'll be absolutely <laughs> worth it um, when we get in there. I'm hoping, to, I'm going to be in for about seven o'clock. I want to see it all, just 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 sit and take it all in. And uh, hopefully, 
you never know. There might just be another special night under the first first Champions League game under the disco lights, and it's the biggest boys in town that are coming in, the yeah. European champions. Bring them on. We've got 15 between us. We know a thing or two about winning a European Cup. Bring it on. <laughs> no, 100%. Uh, I mean, it makes it, it makes it nice and plump, doesn't it, looking forward to this Champions League. This brings an edge to you, like, absolutely buzzing for it. But we'll move on, fellas, to the, the major talking point. We're 57 minutes in. We're only getting to it now, but we'll stick with it for now, Ross. And the Glasgow Derby game has crept upon us. I've seen that by Hamish McCartan. He, he put it up on Twitter. It feels like it's creeped on him. And I do agree to a certain extent. And there's a few people, uh, Paul McFarland actually said it earlier on in the, the comments saying, is it normal not to feel nervous for the, a game of this magnitude? I'm not feeling the nerves. It's more apprehensive and anxious for the game to actually happen. And I think, again, that comes back to Postacogni and what he's done for us. Like We used to go into these games just so recently, there, last season before that, not shaking ourselves, but kind of expecting our, the same old kind of performance and it's a draw or a drab game. But you're going into this one a paradise lunchtime kickoff, and for me anyway, I'm oozing. I'm oozing. Someone's going to clip this with confidence. <laughs> I'll say. Uh, listen, I'm excited, but like you say, Ange, he just brings a sense of calm to everything, and he's done it. I think, like, was it Paul Diet? He said saying it. Paul McFarlane. Paul McFarlane. Uh, it has crept up, us, and I think it's partly because. We've had one game a week for for the start of the season. We've, it's been a slow burner, but we've been playing really well in all the games. And all of a sudden, it's so early in the season as well. <laughs> I can't even beat that. <laughs> new, new more. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> um, it's so early in the season. Uh, the game. It's no nor- normally as early as this. It's usually about. I was going to say it's usually, it's usually about October, but it is early. What is it, game five? It has crept on, yeah. but it's here. And we're, like I've said numerous times, we're in a good place, a good moment. And I'm the same. I'm I'm no nervous, and I don't like it when I'm no nervous. <laughs> it doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I think probably by the morrow morning, I'll be like, three shites in between my one row and sausage. Uh, I'll be nervous then. But uh, sorry for the vulgarity there. That's <laughs> what I said. <laughs> but um, aye, listen, the nerves will creep up, but right now I'm no nervous. And I don't like that. And I'm no nervous because of Ange. The, the, as I say, the sense of calm he brings. I'm no nervous because of the way the team are playing. But again, I've said that no matter what, this is going to be a difficult game. Rangers have took some fairly decent scalps in Europe. They've had a bit of luck along the way. You need that. But they've just beat PSV Eindhoven over two legs. They won away again, albeit they got a bit of luck. The keeper, eh, no, the keeper, the defender made a mess of it. But they won the game. They kept a clean sheet. It's going to be difficult. But Celtic, to me, going forward, will cause Rangers a hell of a lot more problems than PSV did. I'm just using that as a sort of um, gauge because everybody else have played, they've pretty much beaten, obviously, apart from Hibs. It's a great opportunity to go five points clear the Mora. The last time Celtic had an opportunity to 
pull away for Rangers. They beat them 3 0 at Parkhead under the lights. It's early in the season. Ange has said in his press of the day that he was asked as a great incentive. He said, no, really, because it's so early in the season or something, something along the lines. He played it down. But you know that he's given the speech before the game. This is an opportunity to put breathing space between us. For me, the way this team are playing, the, the, how close in that they are, Celtic Celtic take this opportunity all day long for me, and that's why I'm so confident. I don't like it. The, the only apprehension I've got is if, and it's happened before, form goes out the window, Celtic can be playing unbelievably well and just no turn up on the day. That could happen, and that's where the apprehension comes from. It's the unknown. But if you go with the way the two teams are playing right now, Celtic at home. That if we turn up, Ange just set Ross. He says it, but Ange says it in every pre-match. He says, "If we play our game, we play our football. We'll be very diff- difficult to stop." And that's the long and short of it. Yeah, hundred <clears> percent. And I mean, as well, Anthony, you look at it, I kept Paul Dad's comment up there because it kind of gave me a bit of. I don't know, we've been emotion crept in with that comment. Like the dress rehearsal's over now, the, the real stuff starts tomorrow. And I think that's hundred yeah, percent. We'll be able finally. to gauge where we're at, Anthony, in terms of the squad, what, what what we can compete with. And I believe personally, I mean, and I, I know what you're saying in terms of the nerves. I'm not nervous either, Ross. And there was someone in the comments, forgive me if 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 you see me saying it, please come back up. But last time he, he wasn't nervous, they got we got beaten in the Scottish Cup. So again, you can kind of go into this fault with a false sense of security. But for me, Celtic are backing up everything. They're scoring goals. We're not conceding as many as we did last season. We discussed that the Ross County defender, Yakovini was the only one he scored against us this season. That's two goals. So the signs point, to me anyway, we can go into this game full of confidence, much like the 3-0 victory at Parkhead, which really, really took us on the road to the league title last season, if we all look back on it in terms of a, a key game. The, the way we started with Press, Hatate came in from nowhere, really. <coughs> fantastic. Scored in two fantastic goals against the Pensioner in, in their goalkeeping position. But for me, looking at it, I'm going to say it. I, it's, it's confidence. It's not arrogance. I think we'll win. I think we can go five points clear. And I, hopefully we can maintain that. What, what do you think? Well, I'd, I'd certainly take it, Stephen. That's for sure. Um, I have to say, in terms of the semi-final, I mean, obviously everyone feel, feels different. I was nervous before the semi-final and I don't think it was necessarily just the, the nerves. I think we weren't necessarily full strength. I think Jakimakis might have had a niggle. Kyogo had actually still even come back. So we weren't full strength by any stretch. And I think the build-up to the game, obviously there's nothing Ange can do, but that, that, that was this was a, a separate issue. But there was elements of the support trying to drum up drama where there need not be in terms of... Um, they were trying to make out that Hamden were, were banning them for taking flags into the ground, which they weren't. It was, and, and they were sort of trying to make it, you know, it was a, a needless thing to get wound up about and or to try to get distracted about. And um, don't get me wrong, it was a great, you know, imagery when the teams walked out and there was tricolours everywhere, but it, it just seemed like the fans were trying to prove a point that they didn't need <coughs> to prove, or some of them were anyway. Um, so I think there was a bit of distraction in the semi-final. Along with the fact that you have to give Rangers credit, um, you know they played very well once they went a goal behind and um, managed to turn the tie around. But um, I don't have those nerves this time, like like yourself. Um, 
maybe what I was sort of alluding to with regards to the transfer market. I'm, I'm quietly confident. I don't have the nerves at the moment, but that's not me saying that I think I'm, I don't feel like that because I think we're going to go out and steamroller them or anything like that. All, all you can all you can ask for is that the team's as best prepared as they can be, and I think we are. I think we're, we're in a rich, I think we're pretty much a full strength team that we can choose from, and you know, I, I, I believe as Ross says, if we turn up then we're more than capable of getting the result and um, it's just about now like you say being passionate being aggressive on the pitch absolutely but channeling it in the right way don't be flinging elbows in like what Mad Dog Morelos does and you know picking up needless bookings or sendings off early on you know mm-hmm. how good they we know how good they are we know that if we turn up we've got more than enough chances to win the game you're going to have a full house behind you but barn you know the you know, the 700 in the corner that you'll know here. And, um, you know, just go out there, remind everyone who the champions are, remind everyone who was in the group stages before anyone else and remind them just who the best team in Scotland are. And uh, do that. 100%. We're in, a, we're in a very good place to win the match. Yeah. Can I just uh, make people aware here in the comments? I can see that there is a Rangers fan in the comments saying some... Uh, just disgusting things as usual but at the moment don't quite know how to get rid of that being honest here but again what I do know is this channel's set where you have to subscribe to the channel to comment so one more subscriber and you want to comment shit we'll, we'll be on the show in town Stephen what, what can yeah, you say 100% you know I mean? up. I read it. no I'm not very nice they're, 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 no, they're horrible but um more, more, say this. Oh, right, we can we can guess just ignore, just ignore it we'll keep talking Celtic they're going to rant on it's fantastic I know it can be we don't mind banter but let's let's call it <laughs> I mean that's a bit, bit shit when you see horrible no things no need for hatred me. no need for hatred aye well, well we'll move on anyway to kind of round up the show Ross and we did speak about it in terms of Mieta obviously and a bad and stuff coming in and things like that but you look at it, some key battle areas I know Rangers are suffering quite a few injuries at the moment I think there's rumours going around that they could be missing. They're missing Lawrence. I know he's out. Um, I know Tavernier. There's a rumor that he might be out. Um, Ran Jack is apparently, according to Phil McGinley, being trained to play centre back in the last match. So, in in your mind, what I know the whole kind of cliche: the midfield wins the game, but Postecoglou has weapons all over the pitch. Where do you think it's going to be won or lost? Um, I think in terms of Celtic, if the wide players do their job. That's, for me, where Celtic can take the game away for Rangers. Celtic like to get the ball out wide early. I think that's they'll obviously do that again. And if they get the delivery right, whoever's playing up, up front, I think it'll probably be Kyogo. Kyogo. They, Kyogo, at the moment, he doesn't need many chances. Last season, he needed a few chances. At the moment, he's very clinical. Jack Amakis, we know, is clinical. I think that's where Celtic can take the game away for Rangers. Uh, I think in terms, and I'm, the reason I say that is because <clears throat> Barisic and Tavernier, like, I don't know if he's going to play, he probably will. Um, they're, they're very good going forward, defensively, up against their wingers. I think they'll struggle. Mm-hmm. And if we can get into the wide areas and get the delivery right, I think we can we can take the game away for Rangers. We could take the game away for Rangers quite early. But let's be real. Rangers are a good side. And Jolak up front is a threat. 
however way whatever way you want to look yeah, at yeah, it. He's a very good player. I think our two centre halves will have to be well at it to get mm-hmm. him under control. For me, we'll probably come to the teams, but CCV is obviously going to be a starter for me. I think you have to play Jens alongside him for no other reason than the fact that Starfield, when he's in a bit of a battle, and I know Cholak probably hasn't got the physicality of a Stephen Fletcher, but when he's in a battle, he tends to get a bit rash. He gives a lot of free kicks away in dangerous areas. You don't want to do that against Rangers because the delivery they've got on either side, Fibarisic and Tavernier, is one of their main weapons. I think the calmness and coolness of Jens. You said Jens is going to start? I, I think he should start. Purely purely because of that. Because Starfield gives away too many free kicks and that's Rangers' biggest asset is delivery into the box for dead balls. No, their biggest asset. They've got other assets, but it's one of their biggest assets. For me, it has to be Jens just for the calmness and he takes away that rashness. I'm not saying that Starfield Starfield's a good defender. He'll play his part, but for me in these big games, I think you've got to go with Jens. Like Satana Dice, understand why he picked Starfelt. He, he probably is slightly more physical, but I don't think he dealt with Fletcher too well. I think he got flustered. Fair point. He, he gave away a lot of free kicks. He made that mistake where he passed it to the Dundee United player. I think Jens brings the ball out, probably even better than CCV. So for me, again, in terms of going forward, the wide areas is where we can take the game away for Rangers. But we, our central defensive pairing for me has to be Jens and CCV for the reasons I've just stated. It's a good point. I mean, I have seen the bit Anthony, about that. When, when you look at Jens, he's come in. He's got his goals from the set pieces. Starfelt has started scoring since he's come in as well. So <laughs> that kind of argument weighs itself out. He is, he's, he's big, he's tall, he's fast, he looks strong as well. You do make a great point. I think I thought Starfelt did kind of be drawn in a wee bit with Fletcher. His experience kind of showed a wee bit. And he was being a bit rash. He was tackling when he ne- didn't need to. And there was free kicks and could have been <coughs> a lot worse in terms of our kind of record from set pieces in, in the past, definitely. But w- when you look at it, for me anyway... I think Ross nails it. Our wingers are our biggest, biggest asset. Whether it's Jada taking the piss out of their right back or left back, Meda closing them down, turning them out, Abada coming on, leaving Barisic on his arse again, and then McGregor calling him a shite bag. That was absolutely fantastic. But the, the game has all the ingredients to be a tasty, tasty game. I can see them both going at it. We know that's going to happen. There's no one team going to sit back. They're going to press us. We're going to need to get used to that again because teams have been sitting off, so I'm quite interested to see how Celtic cope with that, because against uh, Ross County, the ball was being kicked long by Segrist on, on a fair amount of occasions, which we're not really used to seeing, so maybe they're just thinking about maybe changing the play up if it gets too kind of in their faces at our own box, but what do you think in terms of game plan, how it's going to go, or battles of yourself that you've fought out? Yeah, I mean, the, Ross hit the nail on the head, you know, our, our width and our Speed of play is always, you know, traditionally it's always been our um, asset um, going going forward um, at Celtic, and um, and yeah, we just have to make sure that we don't allow their, um, you know, their better players to get involved in the game. And as I say, Ross is absolutely bang on. Um, Rangers are, do have plenty of assets, you know, most of them are frozen, but you know, I definitely do think <laughs> that. Um, I think if we turn up. Nice. 
Let's just say, I think if we turn up fully focused, I think we're in for a good afternoon. Yeah, 100%. And we'll kind of bring it over to the end of the podcast, Anthony. Line up and score predictions. Uh, right, Joe. So I think it'll be, you know, very much in terms of the defence, you know, obviously a, a whole new defence on <laughs> Wednesday night, but I think it'll be a return uh, to a lot more familiarity. So I think with Joe Hart and goals, uh, I think Juranovic will be back in the right. Gregory on the left, uh, CCV and Amway Ross, I would start Jens. Um, I think he just looks more comfortable on the ball and you don't want to be giving away silly fouls uh, in this um in this Rangers against this Rangers team, I think Jens and CCV just look a lot more comfortable on the ball. Uh, a midfield three, I sort of again, I was very boring and didn't mix it up at all. I went for Kalmak, <laughs> obviously, uh, Hatati and O'Reilly. Um, a midfield three, and then purely for the reasons that we've outlined uh, in the the show uh, preceding Stephen, um, I've went for Maida on the left mm-hmm. and Jot on the right. <laughs> And Kyle will go through the middle. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, even though we've got so many options, it's a team that's pretty settled. But um, mm. it could be 11 different players for all we know, uh, no one Ange. But um, I think that team's got enough about them uh, to win the match tomorrow. And your score prediction? Going to go a lovely hassle-free 2-0 Celtic. Yeah, I like that. A wee hassle uh, Franny Cardi one there, like... Him the super six. He's getting well, caught he, by he, he stepped in for me on Monday night, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, you know, go with his favourite scoreline just to kind of. That's why we he saying cheers. <laughs> Paul McFarlane uh, comes in here. That comment deserves the podcast award. And to anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> we are up for the the best new creator content. So if you can click on the link we have on our socials to vote for us, you go to the section where it says new new creator content. Put our name in it. It's just a wee box. Just type it in the cells. Submit the vote. Agree to the terms and conditions. Totally free. Helps the podcast grow. And we greatly appreciate it. And then Brown Warrior, I think, is interesting here, Ross. Ralston and Taylor. I, I can see where he's coming from. But I, I'll get to my team. Where do you stand on that one? Uh, for me, I like Ralston. Ralston up against Ryan Kent. Frightens the absolute living daylights at me. <laughs> so, no. Uh, no for me. But, it's all about opinions. I respect his opinion, but that that I mean, Ralston came on, and I know he was he came on. It was difficult to go up to the the pace of the game, but he came on in that semi final, and he was all over the place for me. Not you can't for me. You can't start tomorrow, but my team uh, would be um, Joe Hart, Anthony Ralston, Carl Starfelt. <laughs> No, it would be Joe Hart, Juranovic, uh, Jens, CCV, Gregory Taylor, midfield three, Carl uh, McGregor, Hattati, O'Reilly, Maeda on the left, Jota on the right, Kyle go through the middle. Let's do this, Celts. Score prediction? Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 Celtic. 3-1 Celtic. I'll go Joe Hart, Nats, Juranovic, CCV, Jens, because I do agree with what you're saying. To be honest, I think he's, he looks a cracking player at the moment and keep that going. Taylor to come in only because Burnaby's still grown into that kind of structure and development on the runs. I do think he's going to challenge him more and more as the season progresses. I'll say Kyle Mack sitting. 
I'll go Hatate <clears throat> O'Reilly. They picked themselves. They're absolutely fantastic together. And then I'll go... This is where it gets interesting because what my body's telling me about it, but my heart's telling me Yada on the right. I'll go with Yada. I'll go with Kyogo and I'll go with Meta. And then obviously big chaos, Jack and Magus, as Russell Boy- Boyce calls him, to come on and get a few goals when, when they run ragged. And then you've got the likes of Haxa Banavis to come off the bench, of Bada to come off the bench, whoever you want. Take your pick, really. It's a great squad. Is that, is that all three of the same team? I, I think, think we have. have there, haven't we? Uh, I think we have. That's a record. That's the first time that's happened. Um, I can absolutely but... assure you we're going to get it wrong now. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Probably <laughs> play James score... Forrest at the centre half. My score prediction, <laughs> I'm going to go 3-1 Celtic. I, I can see it happening, something like that. A scoring game, both both teams have scored, but Celtic have come out of the victory. And before I round it off here, Ross, you brought this in, and I think it's fantastic. Agree to disagree. You brought it in and you, you, it was you Anthony's, Anthony's original idea. I, Anthony's, Anthony's initial <laughs> idea. You brought it in, you brought it to fruition and it was fantastic. And I'm going to throw one days, right? Now, I was listening to the Open Goal podcast and they were talking about the first old... That, that, whoa, how do we trip up there myself? First half, Glasgow, <laughs> Glasgow, Derby game. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> they're talking about if it's the most important, the most crucial and Kenny Miller, to be fair to him, said it is. So I'm going to throw one out there. Winning this, is it a... Oh, hold on. So, uh, actually, I'll reword it. Is this the most important Glasgow Derby game of the season? Anthony first. Agree, disagree, strongly disagree. You know you know the kind of thing. What would you go with? Um, I'll say uh, strongly is maybe a bit strong. I'd, I'd say I disagree. Um, yeah, of course, you I mean, you want to win everyone. Of course, of course you do. Um, but I, I think... You know, like the, the way that both teams are playing now, it doesn't look like there's going to be a hell of a lot between them. So, you know, if you go by that logic, when it comes to sort of, you know, gritty business end of the season, maybe the game in sort of springtime or coming into your sort of late April will probably potentially be maybe more important. Um, as I say, you know, as Ian Crocker sums it up at the start of the 6-2 commentary, though, uh, Stephen, he says, the most important derby is the next one, and uh, the next mm. one is is here. Um, but, you know, you always want to go out, put down a marker, as they say. But um, I do think, I mean, you, you look at, you know, we lost the first game last season, but you would argue that the most important one was going to Ibrox at the beginning of April and winning, because that, that gave us the... That gave us that the little cushion that they, they never ever managed to, to really put any dent in. Um so yeah, I think they're all important, but I I, I don't think um I, I don't think this is going to be the the season defining game, shall we say. And yourself, Ross, where are you sitting on that one? Um I, I would probably uh, disagree as well. I mean, like well, I, I was gonna say that boys, I, I was gonna say that myself <laughs> though, but Anthony said like the the most important a Celtic Rangers game as the next one and it is and Anthony had said there you look back at last season and that 2-1 win at Ibrox has to be has to go down as the most important but then you sort of caveat that with the fact that okay it was but if we didn't beat them 3-0 to get that cushion mm-hmm. then yeah. we wouldn't have had that opportunity for that to be the most important mm-hmm. so it's a difficult one to answer every, the next one is always the most important hindsight or like once we see what happens we'll, we'll know but they're all important and, and I think that 
the the Celtic Rangers games this season certainly are going to be all of them are going to be even more important because I don't see either of the two of them dropping a lot of points out. I know Rangers have dropped two at Hibs, but out with I don't think Celtic and Rangers they're, they're so far ahead of the other teams. That I don't I think I don't see any of the two of them dropping many points out with the Celtic and Rangers games. So I think they're going to have a big bearing on where the title goes this season. So yeah. aye. I like that. And I just want to say as well, cheers to everyone who's watching. And I hope we'll have a great weekend. We're celebrating the victory on Monday when we are back. And I think tonight, boys, it's all been done in fair play, unlike other people's financial fair play rules. But we won't get into that. But I'm saying, Ross, have you enjoyed it? Thoroughly. Uh, absolutely, mate. Love being back on, as I said, um, after a couple of weeks, and uh, especially on Monday, we. We know we able to come on, so uh, yeah, it's great to be back. What a show to come back for, you know. Round, yeah. Looking back at another great cup one, transfer window, derby build up, you know. What more do you want? And uh, as I say, like you say, for everyone else that's watching, thanks very much. And uh, here's hoping we all have a great weekend. I, I love yeah. all the um, comments that come in because most most of the brilliant. guys that comment that they're brilliant. They, we don't very know insightful. any any more than anybody else, but. Most of the guys that come in and comment, you just know they all know their stuff, and yeah, it's absolutely. great. It's it's good to have that 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 chat going, and you can bounce off the comments in, at times. It's it's mm-hmm. brilliant. Which and brings it back to the fear, with the fear takeover, doesn't it? Aye. Yeah, by the way, I thought I thought Kaiser was class uh, last week. Don't be wrong. Really his well. background's made my okay, made me cringe <laughs> a wee bit, but uh, aye, in <laughs> terms of his input, it was brilliant. Really, really good. Yeah. And at, at one point, he actually made me punch my chest. Says it all. He's a good guy. <laughs> but everybody's watching along. Stay well. Keep safe. Hail, hail.